Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. We're going to go to the Gospel of Mark today. I knew that would get a response. Mark chapter (laughs) 1. One of these days, our dear beloved Mark is going to realize he did not write this book, but don't tell him, just let him think he did. Praise God. It's a good book. Amen. Mark chapter (laughs) 1. And I'm going to talk, I'm I'm not going to preach long this morning, I don't think, just a little bit, but I want to exhort you on uh, daily prayer and about having daily prayer or establishing daily prayer in your life if you haven't already, uh, you know, to encourage you, or sometimes we have to be re-encouraged, if that's a word, uh, to fire that back up. Amen. So let's go to Mark chapter 1, verse 35. And this, this verse is talking about Jesus. And it said, In the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out, and departed into a solitary place. Everybody say place. And there prayed. How many know we should have our own solitary place? Amen. Amen? But I read this scripture because I knew Mark would like it. But there's another reason. I, I read it because I wanted you to see the importance that Jesus put on His prayer life. The fact that he got up early in the morning, a great while before the sun came up, to make sure he could spend time with his father. Now, I'm not saying that you have to rise up a great while before day to pray. But I am saying you need to rise up and pray. Amen. Amen. Maybe not a great while before day. Jesus, this this must have been when it fit his schedule. But, you know, have me know, it takes takes effort to get up early in the morning to pray, doesn't it? Amen. I heard a minister, some of you have heard his testimony before, but he talked about how the Lord dealt with him to begin to pray early in the morning, you know, because sometimes the day gets going, heat gets on, and next thing you know, day's over. Amen. Yeah, or, or if you get once you get a little, little bit older, you start going to bed a little bit early. Some some people do, not all. I mean, Pastor Chuck. I mean, you know, I, I'd say in ten years he's going to be going to bed at eight o'clock instead of nine. <laughs> but have me understand, the day gets by pretty quick, doesn't it? And so he got up early in the morning. Jesus rose up a great while before day. Now you don't have to pray a day early in the morning. You can pray during any time, but. But the point is, is Jesus put a high priority on prayer. And how many know if he needed it, how many know we need it? If he needed it, we we need it. Um, And so we have to to do like he did and put a high priority on it. And and the Bible says he he found a solitary place. He He got alone by himself to pray. You know, it's okay to pray on the way to the grocery store. It's okay to pray when you're doing your chores. It's okay. God hears all that. But, you know, there, we, we, need to have, we need to just shut everything aside at times and, and put it all out and get along with God yeah. and pray. Yeah. Amen? Amen? See, um, 
The Bible talks about us praying without ceasing. Now, what does that mean? We pray 24-7? Well, no, that's not what it's talking about. I'm not talking about praying 24-7 because, you know, you're going to sleep sometimes. Amen. You're going you're to eat sometimes. So, but what is it talking about? Well, it's talking about just having a continual, continuous prayer life. You, you never stop. You never cease. It's an ongoing, it's a daily thing with you. Amen? The apostles said this. They said, we're going to give ourselves to the ministry of the word and prayer. I thought about that when I was reading that scripture yesterday. I thought where the, where the apostles, they, got to, they, they selected seven guys to wait on the tables. And they said, we're going to give ourselves to the ministry of the word and prayer. That's all we're going to do. I thought, what would happen in the church if every preacher did that? Just gave themselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. I think we'd really see some great results. Amen. That was their, that was their, you know, their, their, their example to us. Amen. And so, uh, you know, the Bible talks about you have not because you yes not. You know, sometimes even in the natural, if you just ask for something, you'll get it. Come on. Amen. Amen. Phyllis has taught me to ask for things. Yeah. You know, when you go through Chick-fil-A, ask for the senior drink. <laughs> of course, I tell it's for my wife, it's not for me, but you know. <laughs> I mean, you, you ask for, you got to ask for things. And that's what God said. You have not caused you, you ask not. Well, if he said ask, I mean, you know, we need to get to asking, right? Yeah. And that's part of our daily prayer life. Now, prayer is not just all about asking, right? right. It's fellowship. But, right. but in that, God said you can ask. Isn't that right? right. Now, I'm going to look at a few scriptures. I'm not going to d- probably labor on them too long. But I, I want you to go to the Old Testament, to the book of Chronicles, actually 2 Chronicles. Go there because this is a scripture that, you know, it's pretty popular. Uh, but I want us to read it this morning, 2 Chronicles chapter uh, seven, uh, yeah, chapter seven, Second Chronicles, chapter seven, and let's have it again for the first time. How about that? Right. Remember that old cornflakes commercial? Have them again for the first time. Yeah. Well, let's have this scripture for the first time again. Amen. Second Chronicles, chapter, chapter seven, and uh, uh, go to verse fourteen. Have the? Are you there? Yeah. If if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. Powerful scripture. But he said, if my people will humble themselves and pray. How many know we all need help? Don't we? We, we all need help. And God said, just ask for it. Wow. I, I don't know if I should tell this. I guess I will. I was in, um, where was I? Tell me. I was in Sam's. Our, our wife, Greg Davis was with me. Our wives sent us to Sam's. And he wanted to get some stuff and I was going to pick up some stuff. And that was the first mistake. And so, you know, we, he and I, are, we, go to, we find everything we need, and we're at the checkout, you know. He doesn't have his Sam's card. Why a guy goes to Sam's without his Sam's card, I don't know, but he doesn't have his Sam's card. So, anyway, I have, my, I have mine, and so, you know, I'm scanning. You know how many of Sam's you got to scan the card to, to, to check out? So I'm scanning my, and it won't scan. 
and I'm scanning it, and I'm scanning it, and I'm shooting it with the gun, and then I stick it in the machine. It just says it's not valid. And so, you know, I figured out what was wrong. So the lady, the lady come over there, you know, one of the attendants, she came over there, and I, t- I was telling her what's wrong. I said, now what's happened here is, uh, you know, our, our subscription to Sam's, or what is that, membership to Sam's, you know, ha- has been renewed, but I didn't get a new card. Well, I, that was dumb because you don't get a new card. But that's, I was telling her what was wrong. She grabs the card out of my hand and looks at it, shows it to me, and pats me on the shoulder like, you dumb man, you. And, I, and it's my Costco card. <laughs> and, you know, I could just tell what she was thinking. I thought I had the dumbest husband on the planet, but somebody's got me beat. She just patted him on the shoulder like, you poor thing. Just show me that card. Oh, that's Costco. That's why our wives don't send us to those places. But, but even worse than that is Brother Greg. He, he, saw, he tells me, well, yeah, I saw that was your Costco card. Well, see, well did you think it was ever going to work? I even looked at him and said, hey, we've got to put all this stuff back. This card doesn't work. And he's like, he's ready to go put it back. He doesn't even say it's your Costco car. I, he doesn't know any more than I do. Actually, he knew less than I did. How many know we all need help? But how many know when we don't pray? Now listen, he said, humble yourselves and pray. When we don't pray, we're, we're in effect telling God we don't need him. We don't need his help. But he can help us. And he's offered to. I, I walk in my neighborhood, you know, I live in a subdivision, I'll, I'll, I'll walk around in my neighborhood, and I was walking around one day, and I saw this lady, and she was just working hard. She was laying like a, a, a row of bricks, several bricks, that is, along her driveway, where she was making her driveway wider, and she was digging all, she was digging that out, and she was digging it, you know, about that deep so the brick would be even with her driveway. I, I walk by there and several days I'm watching her do this and all the time I'm thinking that don't, that does, that's not going to work. That's not going to work because you have to dig deeper. You have to go down. You've got to get a foundation. You've got to lay some rock and then put some sand and set those bricks on there because in about six months to a year those bricks are going to be everywhere. And you say, why didn't you tell her? I don't know. I guess I didn't want to be a, you know, a know-it-all. But I just watched her work hard. And I worked hard. But how I many know... Uh, if she'd have asked me, I'd have told her, ma'am, you're working really hard here, but you're wasting your time because bricks got to have a foundation. And now today, some of them are even laying out in the grass, you know, where they, they've been moved around. You know, it's the same thing. I see people plant grass seed in July, and I'm thinking, that won't work. Can't do that. You can, but it won't come up. But how I many you know, God sees us, you know, going about life, and he's like, that won't work. <laughs> I mean, you know, have you ever tried to help somebody? You, I mean, you're not being a know-it-all or smart act, but you just knew how to do what they didn't know how to do. Right? And you just want to help them, but I don't, I don't want any help. They don't want any help. Well, how I many you know, the same thing's true when we don't pray. We're not humbling ourselves. We're not saying, God, I need your help today. I mean, I don't want to live any day without his help. I've done proved I need help. Just Going to Sam's, I need help. I should have prayed about going there. Help me, Lord. Well, they need help too because I got in the door with a Costco card. 
I flashed my Costco card. I could have flashed my Carpenters Union card and got in with that. You know, oh, yeah. People don't pay attention. Let me know that. <laughs> a pastor I know, he was preaching for a guy. Uh, does anybody... Re- does anybody remember a guy by the name of Mac Gober? Remember him? He was a rough, tough, motorcycle guy, gang guy, got saved, and became a big teddy bear. You remember Mac Gober? Anyway, he, 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 and he just fell in love with Jesus. And he started like a home for boys, you know, a, uh, uh, to help them get off drugs and get their lives straightened out. And it's all called Canaan's Land. It's still going. Mac's in heaven now. But a pastor friend of mine was, or, or pastor I know of, uh, I mean, we're acquainted. We're not, we're not like friends or anything, but we know one another. He was preaching for him, and he said, you know, when I was preaching, this young man came up, and uh, he said uh, somebody had stole his truck, and he wanted Mac to pray with him and agree with him that he'd get that truck back. So Mac was agreeing with him and praying with him, and, and you know, and it was a Toyota truck. It wasn't the greatest thing in the world, but, man, he had a truck. Praise God. And so, you know, part of the, you know, it just said, to, to, Toyota or so, part of the number, the letters were out, rubbed off the tailgate and all. So he gave him a description of it, you know, and on told him, this is my truck, somebody stole that. He said, this minister, this pastor I know of from, uh, uh, where's he from? Um, okay, uh, Alabama. Yeah, Alabama. But anyway, he said, he said, but Mac and I were going to lunch and we were driving down the interstate and there's that truck in front of us. After they'd prayed and asked God to help them find it. He said, that truck? He, said, he said, follow that truck. So this pastor used to be a, uh, a deputy sheriff, so he knows how to drive a car. So he just follows that truck. He said, man, it goes down this bad section of town. This, this pastor friend said, now just, just do what I do. He said, I whipped in front of that truck, that truck you know, cut it off you know, where it had parked at. He said, now you've got to have your sunglasses on because you've got to look like you're a cop you know, so, and look cool. And he said, Mac went over and flashed the guy his Atoga County Fire Department card and said, I'm the police. And they got the car back. (laughs) Hallelujah. How many know that God can help us with daily life if we'll just let him in? Amen. Amen. We, you know, I'm just exhorting today, you know, just to encourage you, develop a daily prayer life. You say, well, Pastor, you're talking about me praying like an hour or two hours? I'm not talking about time. I'm talking about spending, just spending some time talking to God. Amen. 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 But you've got to humble yourself. How many know that? You've got to humble yourself and admit you need some help. How many know we do? Amen. Amen. We all need help, right? And so uh, you got to be humble enough, amen, to admit you need, you need some help. So, so uh, if, if we don't pray daily, we're, we're really in effect, we may not mean it, but we're really in effect telling God, you know, I just don't need your help, I can handle this. Well, I don't want to be that way. I don't, I don't want to try to handle anything myself. I want all the help I can get, amen. Now, I'm going to look at a few scriptures. I've got about three, three scriptures that I want to look at. I want to go to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 21, Luke 21. Go there. And let's talk about what daily prayer is going to do for us, a little bit about what it does for us. Luke 21. Go with me to verse 34. 
Luke 21, verse 34. Jesus is warning and he says, Take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged or weighed down. The King James says, with surfeiting. Now that's not talking about being on a surfboard. Okay. Surfeiting means excess. Everybody say excess. How many of you can have excess in a lot of areas? Right? You can have excessive TV. You can have excessive fun. Excessive hobbies. Amen. Not just talking about, you know, other things. So anything that's too much. And, and then drunkenness. And notice this. And cares of this life or the distractions of this life. And so that they come upon you unaware. So he said, take heed, watch out for excess, getting into excess in things that it takes away from your spiritual life. Watch out for drunkenness. Watch out for distractions. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell up on the face of the whole earth. Talking about the end times, the coming of the Lord. Watch you therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Notice his instructions to us is to watch and pray always. Oh, everybody say always. always. What, does the Bible, what does the Bible say? Uh, continually, without ceasing. That doesn't mean 24 hours a day. It means you have an established prayer life Amen. where you're communicating with God on a daily basis, where you're taking time every day. Amen. Amen. Remember the disciples asked Jesus, teach us to pray. Not preach, not do miracles, pray. Because that's the, that they understood that's where everything was coming from, was his prayer life. And so we have, to, we have to watch there and pray always. Notice that we may be counted worthy or be in spiritual shape to uh, escape all these things. How I many you know, just like you've got to keep your body in shape, you've got to keep your spirit man in shape? Amen. You know, I still haven't given up on giving back in sh- getting back in shape. I haven't given up. And, and, and you know what? I'm still fighting it. I'm fighting a good fight of faith. Uh, because I was in a lot better shape in this three years ago than I am right now. Four years ago. Uh, there's been a transformation. But it was not a good one. And it came when I stopped running. Well, that's when it started piling on. The weight started piling on. And uh, I don't know, I just don't get the same workout with my fork as I did with my tennis shoes. <laughs> Although we had one guy in this church, he's since long moved on to another state. He ate so fast that his fork sizzled when he laid it down. He heated the baby up. So I, I, and he would sweat, too. Remember him? John. I'm not all I'm saying. I'm not, I'm, no, I'm not giving none of them. He'd sweat when he did. He'd work. He, I think, that guy, maybe that guy would burn some calories eating, but, you know. But help me understand that just like you, have, you, you can keep yourself in good shape physically, you, you know, you can keep yourself in good shape spiritually. Right. Amen. Right. 
And what is good shape physically? Well, whatever you feel is right, right? Not what the world says. Come on, are you, are you, are you listening now? Let, let me help you out a little bit. Don't take the world's advice as final authority on anything. Anything. Your diet included on anything. There's so much of this is political now. And ulterior motives. And dishonest. That you better find out from the Holy Ghost. Amen. You better find out from prayer and the Word and the Spirit of God what's good for you. Amen. Well, the government says I should eat. I don't care what the government says you should eat. I'm not, I'm not going to eat what the government says. Amen. You know, remember when we were growing up, you know, I remember milk was good for you. And then it wasn't good for you. Now it's good for you again. I pay no attention to any of that. Amen. Bread was good for you. Then it's bad for you. Then it's good for you. Jesus fed them loaves and fishes. Good enough for me, baby. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you have to just, you have to, you have to realize, no matter what, and financial matters, don't, don't take the world's advice as final authority. Don't pay any attention to them. Listen, listen, I, I don't think I have, I don't think I have this, but you know, um, this has nothing to do with the sermon. <clears throat> Listen to this. This is, this is the world for you. If I can find that. Oh, yeah, here we go. Uh, a guy sent me this, and it says, Awake Yet, 1960s. This is, it's, kind of, it's written out. I don't know if you all see that. 1960s. This is what the world told us. I was alive. 1960s, the world told us oil will be gone in 10 years. True. That's what, that's what they told us in the 1960s. 1970s, another ice age in 10, 10 years. 1980s, acid rain will destroy all crops in 10 years. Really, I lived through it. I, I remember this. 1990s, the ozone layer will be gone in 10 years. 2000, ice caps will be gone in 10 years. None happened, but all resulted in more taxes. Don't take the world's advice as final authority on anything. Go to the Word of God. How do I know that the earth's not going to be destroyed? Because Jesus is going to come back and put His feet on the Mount of Olives. Man does not have the ability to destroy the earth. God would not allow it. God would not allow man to destroy one another. Not totally. He won't allow that. So, how do you keep yourself, one of the things you do to keep yourself physically fit, what do you do? Exercise, right? Eat right, right? You got to eat right. What is right? Well, it's not necessarily what the world's saying, but you ought to know, you ought to know Twinkies aren't going to do it. Right? You might have one once in a while, but let's don't go overboard with this. And I'm going to get booed by, from Pastor Chuck. Mountain Dew's not going to do it either. Even if it's diet, Greg's delivered from that. Pastor Ingoff cast that devil out of him. Anyway, 
I remember the first few years we we knew Greg. We thought we thought he he was deformed. That there were like there was a mug like he was born with a mug in his hand. You know, everywhere. <laughs> remember those days? He always had that big mug in his hand and wore those old dad-looking tennis shoes. <laughs> How many remember those days? And he's delivered now. Praise God. <laughs> You stay in good shape spiritually by doing the right things, too, right? Just like you do physically. Physically, you eat the right things. You, you know, you, 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 you make sure your diet's decent. You make sure you exercise, get some exercise and so forth. And you say, well, I don't do any of those things. Well, I, you know, whatever works for you. But I, I've got I've to have some exercise and some things to, you know, so I don't, I don't stiffen up and stay loose and mean and lean. Amen. And so anyway, you got to do things, right? All right, so the same thing's true. Prayer is part of, the, part of your spiritual exercise that you do that keeps you in good shape spiritually. And that's what Jesus said. If you don't pray, you'll be desensitized to all these things that are going on and miss it and not know what's going on. Prayer keeps you spiritually sensitive to the things of God. Amen. Now go to Philippians chapter 4. I just got one more scripture after this and we'll be done today. <clears throat> Philippians chapter 4, go there. Because uh, here's another thing that, that daily prayer will do for your life that you need. Philippians, the fourth chapter. You know, you got to go back. You know, that Second Chronicles really speaks to me that you have to humble yourself and pray. You got to realize I need help. I need help. Amen. You can't be so proud that you don't think you need help. How I many we all need help? Amen. Amen. See, people, you can't think you know it all, right? You can't think I got it all. For, you know, you can think that, but don't don't live that way. <laughs> I know every every time we generally think we're right, but how I many know you got to you got to have enough humility to admit I could be wrong. You got to have enough humility. To admit, I need some help. Amen. And you need, we need God's help every day. Amen. Now, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, the Bible says, Be careful for nothing. Oh, that's old King James English. Uh, don't worry about anything. Don't be anxious about anything. But in everything. How many things? Everything. Does that include going to Sam's? <laughs> Maybe I should have prayed. Yeah, I thought I could handle that myself. I guess I can't. Um, but, it, but in everything, get, get, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And notice this, the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. How I many of life will try to pile up on you, won't it? Yeah. All the things you have to do. And one of the things, you know, the cares of life will try to get off on you. And one of the things that you do is daily prayer transfers that load over onto the Lord. So that you're transferring that load of care over on him on a daily basis, you know, where you're, you know, you're talking to God. How I many you know God, people say, well, how do I pray, Pastor? How do I pray? Well, this isn't a prayer seminar, but how do you talk to your wife? It's the same way you talk to God, right? You know, how do you pray? Well, just talk to God. You know, don't, you know, you ought to read some of David's prayers. Just read some of his in the book of Psalms. Now, you know, under the New Covenant, we, <laughs> we don't have what, the, what, what, what did we used to call those prayers? I used to teach on this now, and I can't remember what it called them. It was predic, 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 
predatory prayers. Anyway, I can't remember now. But anyway, they were prayers like, God, go get them. I mean, in the New Testament, Jesus told us to love our enemies, right? But David would pray, smite him with a botch of Egypt. Go get him. I mean, uh, those were okay in the Old Testament in his day. But the New Testament, Jesus said, we, we, grace has come. Praise God. Thank God for grace. Amen. Uh, so, but you, you can learn a lot, though, because he just poured his heart out to God. You know what I'm saying? And he would just tell God, this is, you know, well, we can do the same thing. You can talk, you're not going to shock God, right? If you're having an issue in your life, maybe with some kind of area of sin, how many know when you tell God, you're not informing him? He's not going to go like, oh, man, I did not know that. How many know you can talk to him like this, this, I have an issue with this, God, help me here. How many know he'll, he'll help you? How many know the Bible says Jesus is able to help those that are, te- that are tempted? Doesn't it say that? Right? Well, how is he going to help? Well, you go to him, man. You come to him. And come to the throne of grace. And find mercy to help and help in time of need. What's, that? What's he talking about? Well, when you're under the pressure. Come on, does anybody ever get tempted? Sure. That pressure's on. You, you know what? See, the devil will try to tell you, I wouldn't talk to God now because you're, 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 you're being tempted. And you don't want God to get involved in this. No, you want God involved in it. You want God to help you. You want to tell God, I need some help right now. Yeah. Amen. He said, I'll make a way of escape, didn't he? Yeah. And so it's not like you're informing God and telling off on yourself. It's not like the, this, these guys were out witnessing one day and found this drunk passed out in the alley. And they woke him up and got him awake and said, we're going to pray for you. And he said, oh, please tell God I'm sick, not drunk. <laughs> Well, I mean, oh, God, God knows all what's going on in our lives, right? And so, you know, he, he's able to help us, right? But we got to have enough humility to ask. Isn't that right? You know, sometimes your kids, I can do it, do it myself. You know, and, uh, they, you know, you just got to have the humility to ask, right? All right, go to James. Did you get anything today? It's a little different today, just more exhorting. James chapter 3, or excuse me, chapter 5. James chapter 5, and I'll close with this scripture. James chapter 5. I think it's just awesome that God would invite us to come into the throne room. Amen. And to request what whatsoever we want. He's pointed the scepter to us. You know what I'm saying? The king's pointed the scepter and said, come on in. That is awesome. And, that, and, and you know, there's, there's a place in Isaiah where, and a couple places in Isaiah where God said, there's a, uh, but you have not called upon me. And one place said he wondered that there was no intercessor. All the, he said he'd do and nobody interceded. He's like, I can't understand this. Well, how I many he's given us an invitation to come daily? Amen. And I, I, I don't know about you, but I take advantage of it. And, and, and because of that, there's, you, you have things in your life that if you don't do that, you won't have. There's things that you have that God's able to get to you that if you don't spend time praying, he won't be able to give, give it to you. I think it was Charles Finney said this. It says, it seems like God is bound by our prayers. In other words, he's unable to do anything 
on the earth except someone ask him. And so there's a lot of truth in what he said. Uh, you know, that's why James said, you have not because you ask not. Amen. Amen. You know, Brother Hagin told a story one time that, you know, and I have a lot of confidence in Brother Hagin's ministry. I did because he wasn't one of these weird, flaky prophets that gave you a, prophet every, a prophecy every other day and, and like 75% of them or 90% of them were wrong. Never came to pass. When he told you something, it came to pass. And he didn't tell you something every other day either. Because God does not operate that way. He's not giving these people that are going around in the body of Christ, saying their prophets, words every day to give to the body of Christ. And by most of them are wrong. Never come to pass. So I don't pay any attention to him. I did him. Because when he said something, well, you could pretty much bank on it. Right? I mean, you know, he's, I could tell you things he prophesied. They came to pass, just like what he said. And he didn't always make them public. Sometimes he did them privately. Just individuals wrote them down and heard about them. But anyway, he said one time that his wife was, uh, had a something wrong, uh, a growth, a, a tumor or something, and that it was really becoming a problem with her. And he said that, um, that he, had, he would pray about it and he'd feel like if she had surgery, she'd die. And under surgery. He just had that knowing inside of him. And so she did too, so they never did, went for surgery. And uh, he said one day at night he was ministering at an altar and he was praying for people. And all of a sudden there stood Jesus. And Jesus talked to him about some things in his ministry and some things I think maybe that was going on in the meeting with a person there that he was praying for. But then he said to me, he said, oh, and your wife, go ahead and tell her to have the surgery. Uh, and she will, she will live. He said, because Brother Hagin had, had told the Lord, he said, Lord, I got this sense my wife's going to die. And he said, uh, I don't. I'll, I'm a young man. I'm 30-some years old. He said, I'll, just, I'll get remarried, and I don't want to do that. I got her trained just right. Well, that's what he said. I got her trained just right. You know, because in the ministry, you know, it's a different lifestyle. Not every person's cut out for it. Not every woman or man is cut out for it. And so, uh, and, and he said, he said, so he, the, he said, the Lord said to him, he said, she was going to die. He said, but because you asked me, she'll live. And here's what he said to me. He said, I'd do a lot of things for my children if they just asked me. Well, think about that. If they just asked me. Doesn't that make you want to just ask him? <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, of course, it has to be according to his word, right? But, you know, if we just ask him, he'll do a lot of things. And, of course, she lived till she was in her, I probably came in her 90s before she went home to be with the Lord. So, so she got 60-some years added to her life. Amen. Now look in James chapter uh, 5, we'll close here. Verse 13, the Bible says, Is any among you afflicted? That means going through a test or a trial, a hard spot. Uh, let him do what? Pray. Let him pray, right? Amen? Right. So what are you supposed to do? Pray. 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 Now who's supposed to pray? You are. you are, right? It's okay to ask people to pray for you, but how many know you're supposed to pray too, right? 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 You're not supposed to depend on other people to do your praying for you. Just like he says, is any merry, let him sing songs. See, you're not going to come up to me and say, Pastor, I'm so happy. Will you sing? <laughs> See, you, 
You might not be happy once I start. <laughs> but how many understand the same thing's true if you're afflicted? You say, Pastor, will you pray? Well, yeah, I can pray, but how many know you need to do it yourself too? Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing with oil in the name of the Lord. Sounds like prayer answers a lot of problems, doesn't it? And, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if, if he hath committed sins, they'll be forgiven him. Confess your faults or your trespasses one to another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. There we go. Prayer's fixing things again. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Now, the Amplified Bible, you know, brings out the Greek here, and it says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man makes much power available. That's what avail much means. It makes power available. Well, if it avails, how many know it makes power available? So, how many know we lack power in our lives because we don't have a daily prayer life? <clears throat> well, I just don't feel like God wants to hear from me. Well, He said He did. Bob said He delights in the prayer of the righteous. <clears throat> now, here's, here's the thing. What I said is true. A lot of people think, well, I don't think God would listen to me. I mean, who am I? You're, are you born again? I'll tell you who you are. You're a son of the most, a daughter of the most high God, born again, filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. You are, you are the righteousness of God. Amen. So he says this, verse 17, this is, this is good. The King James says Elias, but it's, that's just the Greek rendering of Elijah. Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. In other words, he was just like us. Y'all hear that? He was just like us. He had a nature like ours. He had to fight things like you have to fight. He had to fight temptation. He had to fight his emotions, right? I mean, you know, he had the, uh, the whole uh, false prophets killed and ran from one woman and wanted to die. And uh, it says, he prayed earnestly <clears throat> that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. That's a prayer life when you stop it from raining for three years and six months. <clears throat> and he prayed again, and the earth gave rain, and the, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Well, here's a man that stopped it by his prayer life, stopped it for raining for three and a half years, and then by his prayer life, got it to rain again. And the Bible's using him as an example to let us know. He's, when it says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much, look at Elijah. His prayer life availed much. And he's just like you. What is James saying? You can do the same thing. You can have power released in your life through prayer. Amen. It makes much power available. Dynamic in his working. Wow. I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss out on this. Right? You know, once again, when I was, uh, when I was uh, a teenager, I was 15, and 14, 15, 16, 17, uh, I worked out with weights every day, every day. My goal my goal, <laughs> this is what I was after. My goal was to have biceps 
as big as Muhammad Ali. Because, you know, he was the greatest fighter in all the world from the greatest city in all the world, Louisville, Kentucky. <laughs> Remember that. I'm the greatest fighter in all the world from the greatest city in all the world, Louisville, Kentucky. He, he, was, a, he was the original trash talker. He was good at it. He was. After he, after he beat Sonny Liston, look at my face. Ain't I pretty? Ain't a mark on it. Ain't I pretty? Everybody goes, you're not so pretty. I'm pretty. Look at me. I'm pretty. I wanted to have, so I worked out every day, over and over and over. One day, I got that, you know, mom's little tape measure, the, you know what I'm saying, the one they use for sewing, wrapped it around my bicep. It was a half inch bigger than Muhammad Ali's. I am the champion of the world. It's, it's, not, it's not that big now. Okay, it's, it's more under here than over here. But somewhere it's still in there somewhere, praise God. <laughs> but you know what? I did that every day for a long time. Every day for a long time, for years, for, you know, three, four, five, six years. Just kept doing that, working out every day. Some things I wish I hadn't done. I worked out my neck and now I got this great big neck. I'm thinking, that was stupid. Why did I do that? But you know, in those days, they were, you know, you had the bodybuilders, you know. They're probably still around now. I don't know. But, you know, as a kid, you know, you know what, what was, uh, uh, I forget who the guys were in those days. Uh, huh? Frank Zane. Frank Zane who? Joe Eater. Uh, they were, Lou Ferringo. Remember him? This was before, this was before Arnold Schwarzenegger. He was a little bit later, but they were all, and I, I was going to be, I was going to be like them with my arms, you know, uh, and you know what? Every day I had to work out. Every day I had to work out. Every day I had to work out. But something happened. When I hit my forties, I started doing another type of workout. It's called the food workout. And it's not worked out too great. And then age hit. You know, age does something to you. It make you know, it makes you, uh, you know, sag in places you used to not sag. Amen. Brother, was it Doctor Barclay says that under his neck used to be his forehead. That uh, <laughs> down here used to be my chest. But you know what? You can still you can still fight it. You can still. You can still work out. You can still do things and keep yourself strong. And with the Lord's help and His grace, praise God, you can have a healthy life until it's time to go be with Jesus. Just trust in Him. You, you, you don't depend on all the natural. You depend on the promises of God. You depend on your spiritual life. Yeah, you need to do the natural. Don't misunderstand me because your body's still physical. But there's a, there's a power available by the power of God that supersedes anything. Amen. I mean, no, you can do all the right things naturally and still get a disease that will kill you. And you still need 1 Peter 2.24. You still need the healing promises of God. That's why, it's, that's, why it's, that's the most important workout you can have. Yes, I'm not knocking doing what you need to do in the natural. Absolutely. You've got to take care of yourself. You can't beat yourself. You can't keep banging your head on the desk and then ask for prayer for a headache. You've got to stop that. You've got to stop doing the wrong things. 
But yet, at the same time, don't depend on that. Depend on God. Because He'll put you over when everything else fails. Amen. That's what David said, though the mountains, they, they crumble. The, you know, all of it falls apart. Uh, yet we'll trust in the Lord. Hallelujah. And those that trust in the Lord, the Bible says, will be like Mount Zion that's never moved. Praise God. So we have to put our faith, not in the natural, put our faith in the things of the Spirit. Do what we know to do. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? It's a, you, you, it, you know, like with finances, you meet people, uh, you got to understand, you got to do the natural part too. Don't, 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 just, you don't, don't just think that if, if, if you trust God, you can do anything you want to in the natural. No, you got to do the natural right too because the Bible says to. So the Bible says to. It, te- it teaches us what to do, right? It tells said, so don't be a lover of, of pleasure. You'll, you'll be poor. Didn't say you couldn't have fun, but amen. You, you, you can't spend more than you make. You got you to do, but yet at the same time, don't depend on that. Do that, but depend on God. Right? Because I've seen things happen in the natural, just took people's finances right away. Maybe, it's, maybe a sickness or a hospital stay or something happened. Well, thank God they're still God. You might have done everything right and tapped all your savings out, but it didn't tap your God out. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. He's, still, he's still able to take care of it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, you know, I've met people, they, they didn't make much money. They, 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 they didn't have much money. But thank God they're still God. God can still help them, right? Yeah. Still get them and help them. Amen. Hallelujah. And, and you know what? You don't have to be rich to be a big giver. That, that little widow woman gave her last two mites, and Jesus said she gave more than everybody in the offering. But I guarantee you there's a lot of people gave a lot more money than she gave, but not according to Jesus. He said she gave all of her living. That's all she had. God looks at proportion. He doesn't look at amount. He, he's proportional God. Amen. So, so, so people don't have any money can sow big seeds. And people that have a lot of money can sell a lot of money and not be a big seed. Could just be like Pastor Chuck said, a tip. Because they could have done a whole lot more. And only God knows that. Only God knows that. We've had people give us offerings and I so much wanted to give it back because I knew they, they just didn't have it. And they, you know, and, and I'm just looking. I mean, that's just natural looking at it. That's not spiritual looking at it. And I think, man, I've, I've told Phil before, you know what? I think I'll give this back to them. And I thought, no, I can't do that. That's not right. I can't do that because that's a seed, right? And you wouldn't do that to a farmer, would you? Well, he, he didn't have, he shouldn't be plants. He, he doesn't have enough money to buy seed. I'm going to dig his seed up and give it back to him. I mean, he's not going to be happy with you because he wants, what does he want? What's he want? He wants a harvest, right? How's the harvest going to come? You've got to leave the seed in the ground. And so I've almost done that before. Matter of fact, I think I've tried before. And, and you know, who was it that told me that one time? Don't you think I can hear from God? Who was that? Well, this probably 500 people told me that over the years. You know, I tried to give their money back to them. And don't you think I can hear from God? Pardon me. I'm trying to play Holy Ghost Junior in your life and tell you what to sow to and what not to sow to. How I many know we can do that, right? 
<laughs> it's like a pastor said, this is my final story and I'm going to close. It's like a pastor said, this couple in his church told him, said, we're, you know, that we're going to help do this, pastor. We're going to help do this. We're going to help. You can count on us. We're going to help do that. And he said, it came time to do that. And they came and said, well, something has come up and we just can't help do that. And he said, well, that's fine. No problem. No, no issue. He said, when they walked off, the Lord said, did I say it was okay? Excuse me? They, they promised to do that for the house of God, not for the, you know. Did I tell it? Did I, I didn't say it was okay. You told them it was. I didn't say it was that they backed out. Why is it so quiet in this church? <laughs> and uh, somebody back out of something I don't know about. <laughs> but how many understand that, that, that uh, God is able to make up all the difference that the natural falls short in? Amen. Doctors say you can't live. Well, you could accept that diagnosis if you want. But I'm not going to accept that if God has said something different. Amen. I'm not going to rebuke the doctor, but I'm just not going to accept that as final authority. I'm not, going to, I'm not accepting that as my verdict. If I don't want that verdict, I'm not accepting it. I'm going to accept what Jesus said about me. Hallelujah. You can do what you want because God will let you do what, however you want to do it, but I'm not going to do that. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.